We are live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm here with my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Cannon, folks. <laughs> What's up, Bill? I'm excited about this, man. Carlo is living my dream, man. I want to move down to Florida someday, and he can even answer some of our questions, but he's still, he's still on the job. Yeah, right. uh, let, let's introduce our guest. We have a, a great guest tonight. I can already tell we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, he's a retired NYPD detective. Well, first of all, I should have started this thing by saying he's a Marine. Hoorah! Hoorah, that's right. <laughs> and then the he's also a retired NYPD detective. He moved down to Florida. Um, he he uh, once he retired and he became uh, a cop in the Fort Lauderdale Police Department. Now he's a, de a detective with the Fort Lauderdale Police Department, doing violent crimes, investigating violent crimes. Um, and he's also a second degree. Yeah, I don't know if he's still a second degree. You got to up your shit, man. We had a third degree. Uh, <laughs> a second degree, a uh, black belt in. Uh, in jiu-jitsu, I know it's racing jiu-jitsu, right? 18 yeah. years you've been doing it. What's yeah. up, folks? Let, uh, let's give a warm round of applause to our, our guest tonight, Carlo Fernogli. Uh, Fognoli. I was going to add another EO on it, Fognolio. Carlo, do you know someone named Takedown 21-2000? You know what? I'd have to see his face. I don't oh, even okay. know him anymore. He said the man, the legend. He's shouting out to you. Yeah. The man hey, uh, let me ask you, where are you? You're in the police museum over there in Fort Lauderdale? This is my, listen, this is my special room. I have, <laughs> I've had major wars over this room with my wife. I say, this is my room. This is my little shrine in here. I love it. Looks it looks like you're in a police museum. I love it. I like it. it everything. Looks it looks beautiful. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the kind of stuff you got behind you. Okay. I got I got my 9-11 helmet that I wore at 9-11. It still has residue on it. I never cleaned it. Um, this is my original helmet that I had when I was in the Marine Corps, which is a funny story with that. I used to carry it on patrol. I'll tell you about that. Then I have my Marine wait, Corps. Wait, wait, Bill, he's pointing out the pictures. I know. I'm just showing he was at 9-11, Mark. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I wore that every day down there. Um, I got my Marine Corps helmet that I wore. I just put in the back seat of the RMP on patrol. I got a story with that too. That's my Marine Corps dress blue uniform <laughs> right there. It looks like a baseball cap. That's my, uh, uh, when I was in camis, I would wear that, wear that. And they would break my ball so much because it was faded and I just kept wearing it. So I had to keep it. Um, on the other side, I got my hat when I was on patrol when I first got actually from the police academy. I got my hat from the when I became a detective. I got the old statue with the officer with the little child. That's my in one PP. When you walk into one PP, that's the statue that's I there. Love that. I love yeah, that. That's a great statue. For anybody who's not from New York City, um, if you ever visited one police plaza, as soon as you walk in through the front door of one police plaza, that's a it's a giant statue. Yeah. And it's of a police officer and he's uh, got his arm around a, a little boy, right? Yeah, yeah. Right Take there. down 212,000. Thank you so much for the 2499 super chat. You're keeping us in business, bro. Thank you so much. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I got my my RMP from Fort Lauderdale and the NYPD, my K bar knife from the Marine Corps, everything. The what, what did you say? The what, what knife? I got my knife when I was in the Marine Corps. It's a K bar knife. Well, so, well you got the long one with the uh, like, um, 
It looks like uh, almost like crocodile Dundee's. Yeah, knife. yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's a nice knife. Nice yeah, knife. what 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 do they use that when they when they train you with that knife? It's it's to cut down like uh, when you're going through a bush and stuff like that. Well, it depends. You can use it to open up uh, beer bottles. To get <laughs> Or I guess if you had to kill somebody, like uh, Mattis says, cut cheesecake or cutthroats. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you're actually in you're in, in Florida right now. You're in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I live in West Palm. I'm, right now I'm in Royal Palm, but I'm working in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So you did 20 years on the NYPD. Yeah, yeah. And then you went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale. You came down here, and yeah. Then, did you did you have to take the police test over there and everything, and go through the academy again? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to go through the academy. They have this thing called the crossover, um, where you take like a really super condensed uh, course, and you take the same test that the recruits take after six months. And if you pass that test, you become state certified, uh, and then you're you're called sworn, and then you get you can work as a police officer. And the uh, the job over there, as far as um, you know, the health benefits and you know the what we call uh, our four hundred one k four fifty seven. And uh, are you still indemnified? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you something. And I, you know, for Lauderdale, I tell guys all the time who are still up in New York, and I'm not just saying that because people are watching. I'm telling you the truth. Fort Lauderdale is an amazing police department. It really, really is. The it's the the, uh, the pay is good. The people are great, and the pay is great. Let me say that it's great. Definitely better than the NYPD. The bosses are good. Um, I, I, there's every reason to come down here. So yeah, no, this is a good police department. And it's it's busy, right? It's not like uh, you're going there to. Uh, it's not like you're going to East Cupcake, right? No, you're not going to East Cupcake. There's good areas, like every other every other place you work. There's Carlo, no someone told me that you were on the Thong Task Force. Is that true? Well, let me tell you something. I'm a little upset <laughs> because they were supposed to issue me my Fort Lauderdale Speedo, but I never got it. But that's yeah. my piece with the upper echelon. <laughs> Is there a unit there where you can work on the beach in, in, in your Speedo? In my speedo? No, no, no. They probably call me for for indecent exposure. No, well, anyway, seriously though, is there like a is there like a unit that you can go to and, and work on at the beach and and be in like those trunks? Like what was that? What was the show with the uh, the, the, the lifeguards? What was that? Uh, Pam Anderson. Oh, uh, Baywatch, Baywatch, Baywatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. the Baywatch. Uh, where did they yeah. even shoot that? Didn't they shoot that in Florida? No, that was. Uh, yeah. California? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. San Diego or something, yeah. You have guys assigned to the beach where they handle calls predominantly on the beach. No, it's got its, got its perks. What are some of the problems that you have on or near the beach? Uh, well, it depends. You know, especially with spring break, you got a lot of these young people that come down here, and sometimes you get a little, a lot of control. But for the most part, they're good. They got the, you know, you know, down there with the horses and the big police presence. So they're pretty you brought up spring break. Miami got hit hard, and and Fort Lauderdale was saved a little bit. Why was I, I was Miami? I guess was just the popular destination in this year because I know it flip flops. Oh, but Carla, didn't uh, Fort Lauderdale discourage uh, spring breakers from coming? They no. that used to be the place years ago. Oh no, it was, it was. No, no, no. I, they they never discourage anyone from 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 coming down to have a good time. They really don't. They're really you know they're really good. I think what happened with Miami, uh, I think they just got overwhelmed. Um, I know, you know, like any other city, you're going to have your issues. You know what I mean? I know that Miami last year or the year before, they expected problem. They set up checkpoints, and a lot of the crowd came up to Fort Lauderdale. 
But Fort Lauderdale handles it really well. They got the horses out there. They got a large police contingent. They're pretty good at handling this kind of stuff. I went to I went to spring break in Fort Lauderdale, nineteen eighty six, and I remember uh, I can I can tell you every so many moments of that time going down there as a kid. Yeah, did you go to the other room? Between going between the Yankee Trader and the Yankee Clipper, I was staying at the Trader, and everybody was staying at the Clipper. I stayed at the Clipper when I came down here. I took a, I took vacation when I was up there, so I came down here to start the process, and I stayed at the Yankee Clipper. Funny you and say everybody, that. Some kids were jumping off the, the 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 Yankee Clipper. It's got two stories to it. Yeah. And on the second story, if you get up on top of the railing there, you can jump into the pool. And some kids were doing that. They're crazy. They're nuts. <laughs> and I, when I went back there when I, I told you my mother lives in Fort Lauderdale, so I went to go see her. And I didn't know where to stay over there, so I just because I always remember spring break that I we, we I guess the Clipper was sold out, so we stayed at the Trader. Okay. We found ourselves every morning just grabbing our stuff and going over to the Clipper because I was from Astoria, so yeah, yeah. everybody from Astoria was at the Clipper, so we would just spend the day at the Clipper, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I just stayed there. But it wasn't; it's a different name now. But you could still jump yeah. off the railing and get into the pool. No, actually, they did. They raised it up. They raised it up so you can't do that anymore. I know in the Yankee Clipper, they had, if you go to the bar, if you jump in a pool, yeah. you could yeah, see yeah, I know that. people swimming behind the bar, like mermaids. No, I, was, I, was in, I was in that pool, and I was making out with a girl and, and grabbing. <laughs> that was no girl. <laughs> and uh, my friends, we were all at the bar. And I, and I took the one, and we went up uh, to go to the pool. And now we're in the pool, and they're watching us from the thing. And they knew exactly what we were doing. No, go fun, good, great times, man. Great hey, time. give it up for Frank Burns. Frank uh, Frank Burns threw in uh, twenty dollars into the super chat. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you so much. He's an old street crime. He owns the night, and he has he those challenge points will. for you. We, right? I get goosebumps when you say that. We always we will. own the night, we right? Well, yeah, we always will. That's a grand. You know, the other one was from the late Captain Terrence Tunnock. Oh, Don't God. ever forget, we are the police. Remember, he used say to say that. that? Right. Goosebumps again. Yeah, yep. you're 100% right. We are. We are. We are the police. He used to Amen. say that all the time, that's and right. that's so that's so true. And in the, in these days when police are disparaged all over this country, we want to, on this show encourage them to be the police and be proud of who they are. You know. Well, I mentioned something. Uh, that about the uh, indemnified, you know, what happened here in New York City, uh, I'm sure you're aware of it, is, um, you know, these cops are, li- you know, they could be... They With could qualified be- immunity, they voted yeah. to take sued that person- away from the police. Yeah, they could be sued personally right now. We yeah. used to be indemnified up to a million dollars. You're watching, sadly enough, you're watching New York City. We all know what it was like when we had 3,000 homicides. Yeah, I grew up in a city. We all know what it was like. And now we went to, to go to almost 3,000 homicide down to 300 is not humanly possible, but the NYPD did it. And and now they're going back. And what's even more scary for guys that are up there now, you got to figure, now they have this one thing, this this diaphragm thing, where if I got to wrestle with you and I, I if I can't do anything to, to control you, then I'm going to lay on you waiting for help to come and help me. So I've just committed a misdemeanor because that's no longer allowed by law. So- I arrest you, but I've committed a misdemeanor myself. And now you're going to sue me, and the job is going to say, whoa, he's not supposed to do that. So you can't win. You You know what's funny that you bring that up is that, 
you're talking about training from the academy. So basically what you're saying is that in New York City, as far as the academy's training, you can't put your knee on somebody's diaphragm. Or but, control. but in the trial right now, and Bill shared this clip with me, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I got it from you. In the trial right now, uh, a Chauvin, um, George Floyd trial, there's actually a picture from the police academy uh, showing that that knee on the neck. It's it's in the freaking their Bible yeah. that that is a training mm -hmm. thing. So I want to like when you're in court right now, and that's going to be the argument. You know what I'm saying? He had his knee on his neck, and that you shouldn't do that. Whatever. And then they're going to show you the picture from the police academy. This is the way he was trained, and it's in the manual. Yeah, I think what happens if you look at uh, the whole uh, Mr. Rodney King incident, right? See, uh, when the cops were when Rodney King was on the ground, and you know before he had punched one of the cops, they didn't show that. But as Rodney King was on the ground and the cops were moving around him. Mm -hmm. What I understand, from what I learned, the NYPD called that swarming. It was a technique, uh -huh. you know, to, to, till they, until they were subdued. This is what's what they did. But I think uh -huh. when it comes to politics now, none of that matters anymore. Well, you yeah. know, Carla, we showed a video of uh, these two cops from the 2-5 precinct trying to arrest this guy who had a gun. I don't have it available right now, or I would show it again. Mm -hmm. And they were very aware of not putting their uh, knee on the guy's back. And yeah. he had a gun, and he got up and ran away from them. Yeah, and they—he definitely had the advantage over them. Sure. And then at some point, the female officer—there was a male and a female—she felt the gun, and yeah. she was almost ready to shoot him. You know. So this is the predicament that the city council—a bunch of boobs, just a yeah. bunch of boobs—have yeah. uh, put the New York City Police Department in. You know. Well, remember, no matter where you go across the country, these new cops are told every day, multiple times a day, that they're going to be sued, indicted, they're going to lose their job, they're going to go to jail. And they take that 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 shell shock syndrome into a real-life situation where you've seen videos, guys going into car, he's reaching for a gun. You know he's reaching for a gun. The cop is screaming 100 times, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. This guy is committed to not showing you his hands because right. he's watching the gun. And then the cop is dead. And that's a problem. I feel that's created throughout the entire country. You know what I mean? I feel. I feel like the government is willing to, to have a dead cop rather than a dead. I agree. I agree with you, Bill. I was I just going to say the same thing. I think that the idea is that the police officer uh, knows what he's up against, and um, that's his job to lose his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard jackasses say that that cops know the risks. So if yeah. they get killed, it's their fault, you know. Yeah. I've heard that, you know. But they, you know, heard, it's like it's like in in the military too. If someone yeah. gets killed in the military, oh, he was a soldier; he knew the risks. You know? Yeah, it's curious because you know, right now you got the prosecution who's doing uh, the you know they're they're opening the case up. But when they get when the defense gets to talk and they get to show you that picture, that that's the way he was trained. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what is going to be the argument to that. If that's the way you were trained and that's the move, and there's even one point in the video where they show you uh, they're trained, uh, if the person that you have your knee on their neck, if they move their head up, you got to pick your knee up and you could actually watch the knee going up as when he's talking to him every time. Yeah. So he was actually doing what he was trained to do 
in the police academy exactly the way they trained you to do it. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see, um, you know, how the jury uh, handles that bit, little bit of information. Well, he's already been tried in the press, you know. So uh, yeah, I know, but it, you know, in the in the trial right now, and and the idea is, you know, um, the fear, the fear that comes along with um, other. I don't think you could satisfy other than hanging him in Times Square. I don't think you could satisfy anybody. Yeah, and in this business today, like I said, you just, you know, when we when years ago, whenever somebody said, you know, when I first started, when I hated when people said, kid, the job is dead. I be, I, I hated that. I hated it. When I got on the job, they said that. Yeah, yeah. They had no idea what they were talking about. You know what I mean? I would have did this job for free. That's a that's a fact. You know, and then and, you know, Carlo, they also said, Hey kid, take a pension loan every six months. It's your money. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. That was you know, exactly the wrong advice to give, man. Yeah, but it's funny, you know. Every I remember when I got on, and you know the the, and you know, I get to the one hundred two. That was my first command, and you know all the cops are looking at you like they've been there for a while, like two years. And they're like, oh, I can't believe you took this job, man. I can't believe you took this job. Like, like really? You know what is fun, yeah, Mark? Everybody you, says that though. When you talk about pension loans, I remember thirty three years ago today. I gave my wife an engagement ring, which cost me $2,400. And where do you think I got the money? A pension loan. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And she reminded me, oh, you know, 33 years ago today, we got engaged. I was like, wow. I tell the new guys today, well, if I was there, I would tell the new guys today, I don't care if you got a year on the job, go to every pension seminar. Go to every single pension seminar. Because guys say, what's the first thing guys say at these seminars? If I only knew this 20, 30 years ago. Right, right. Well, the thing you have to know is not to take any financial advice from any cop, ever. Good point. Go to a financial advisor. You know, Carlo, you sent me a video, and I thought it was great. I'm going to show it to everyone right now, okay? Yeah. Hello, my name is Detective Fognoli. I've been with the Fort Lauderdale Police Department for 10 years. Prior to working with Fort Lauderdale, I was a New York City cop for 20 years. I retired in 2010. I had it with the snow. I wanted to go where the weather was warmer and uh, ended up in Fort Lauderdale. So a lot of things over the course of 20 years, I wouldn't know where to start. I was a 9-11 first responder. Uh, I was down there when the Trade Center fell. This is the same light that I threw on top of my car on 9-11 to get down there as quick as I could. The, uh, the loss of life, uh, the families that lost their loved ones. I lost friends that day. I lost uh, co-workers that day. Um, but most of all, it was amazing how everybody came together. I love this job. You know, I'm, I'm surrounded by heroes all day long. How can I not want to give back? The 10 years that I have been here, uh, I've enjoyed working here. I enjoyed working with the people. Um, the department itself has been very supportive of me and my family. I highly recommend it to anyone who wants to come down. It's a great agency to work for. I'm lucky. I have no complaints in this business, none whatsoever. You gotta want this job and to do it. And you know, like I said, the beauty of it is the people you work with. You know, you really are a team. To the cops watching this, keep your head up. Be proud. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something about Fort Lauderdale. I wanted to say this, you know, I have a daughter with special needs, right? So the minute, I, as soon as I got hired by this police department and they knew about that, I got, a, I got a text message from the chief who said, listen, 
we know it's, we understand you have a daughter with special needs. I want you to know that we're here for you. For Lauderdale family is here for you. Whatever you need, you let us know. Like, I was like, oh my God. Like, these are the people you follow into burning buildings. I'm a veteran. Right, right, right. You know, like, I never, ever forgot that. Like, this place has been great to me and my family, and I can't say that enough. That's For right. Lauderdale police, be very, better go to me. They go to me. Puppy. Hey, puppy. They it's true. That's great. That's great, yeah. man. Good I stuff. love that. I wanted to ask you something, um, but I'm thinking that you said you missed the you you don't, you don't miss the snow. No, not at all. No, I hate the snow. I only go to refrigerator. I hate the snow. No. And uh, you don't come up here. When was the last time you came up here? Well, you know what? Because of COVID and everything, it's been a real long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I will. I, I, I listen. If I got to go up there in the winter, I go up there in the winter. But I I don't like the cold. I don't. I don't. I try. I try to say, "Hey, I'm a Floridian now." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and uh, you do you have your own school over there uh, that you do? The no, 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 no. You're in. I try. I I train uh, before work. I teach classes before work, and then uh, if I'm done there, then I go. Then I go. Hey, uh, tell us a good story about how you opened up somebody's head. Well, I can't. Well, I'll tell you a funny story from New York. I like. That you say. I just <laughs> like saying that line. <laughs> so, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was in street crime, uh, my buddies, I, th I think it was Richie Laura and Kevin Hoare, they had a car stop. I think it was on like by the McCombs Dam or something like that. They got a car stop. They walk up to the car, and the perp is sitting there with a gun right at their face. Oh, man. So, did you know Jimmy Gilday? Yes. Yeah. So Jimmy Gilday was so when the guy did that, they jumped back. The car takes off. We go. It's a hurricane. It literally, it's a hurricane. So Jimmy Gilday is driving. You know Jimmy's crazy. So he's driving. He's doing like 90 miles an hour in a hurricane. <laughs> and you can't even see out the window. And I'm like this, looking out the side of your mirror. And I look and I go, Jimmy, the guy's right next to us. Jimmy's right next to us. Get behind him. Anyway, the guy ended up running off into the dirt. This is up in like Greenberg or something like that. So I jumped out of the car. Again, he's fighting us. He's fighting us. And I catch his arm in what's called a Kimura. I catch I'm telling him, stop resisting, bro. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. And then as you know, if you resist it, two forces meet, his, his arm breaks. You heard it so loud. The fight stopped. We handcuffed him, took him to the precinct, took him to the 4-8. When we take him to the 4-8, he looks at me and he goes, you, you with the glasses. He can't hold his arm up because it's broke. And he's like, <laughs> you broke my arm. <laughs> but I, he resisted. I didn't. Do we're gonna we're gonna get hate mail for laughing. At no, I didn't do it on like, I didn't do it on You know why everyone hates cops? Because you it's get funny. <laughs> you know when you said McCombs and Inwood, that was my first arrest in street crime. Hey, a, a guy shot two people, and he came running at us with a gun. Hey, um, uh, you know it's funny that you met. Hey, Mark, you just gonna disregard that story and change I'm, the subject? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish it. I'm sorry. Anyway. So that we uh, we chased the guy down, he tossed the gun, and then he goes to square off with us. And I remember I opened him up with my gun over the top of his head. That was the yeah. four-inch chief. I just slapped him right up on his head, opened him up, and the whole crowd, there was three of us, about 50 of his friends uh, were trying to take him from us. We had to call a 13. Yeah. That was in the 4-4. In the that was my first street crime arrest. <laughs> Welcome to street crime. <laughs> I love the three, four, the four. I wanted to go to the three, four, 
in the worst way. When they said, when I got the academy, they sent me to the uh, to the 2-0. And the 2-0 was a great command. Great people, great command. I'm not saying nothing bad. I loved it. It's just a little too slow for me. I used to say I'm a Beethoven cop. I uh, know I'm a rock and roll cop in a Beethoven it's, precinct. There's your show. 2-0 crew right there. That's right. That's right. That's right. And yeah. uh, so uh, Richie Brees, he's listening right now. Richie Brees goes, he, he ended I've up. Heard, I've heard with him. I'm trying to think where. There yeah. he is. 2-4. He was in the two four rip. Oh, yeah, he was in the two four squad. I was in the two four squad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know him. Yeah, we were in the squad. I was only in there for six months, and they put me in the two six. Okay, Louis Minetta signed my. Remember Louis Minetta? Yep. He signed my fifty seven, and I wasn't going nowhere. So Richie Brees goes to task force. He's like, "Call out! We're running around at three four. We're chasing perps. We're making picking up kilos." I said, "Yeah, I want to go. I want to go." So I put it for task force, and I went up there. And uh, oh, so much. The funny thing about task force is you could choose to do whatever you want. Like I went to the Queens task force, and there was uh, there was there was actually a guy with us. Uh, he, a little, I'm trying to think of his name right now, but he he went to street crime, and he was like really really active. And that was the thing with task force: you could be really really active, or you yeah. could get 25 summonses a month. You know, you weren't you weren't obligated to the radio. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it, so yeah. we answered calls. The three, four guys all knew us. We answered jobs, helping them out all the time. But we were running around making collars, so it was good. I loved it up there. You know, I, I didn't mean to cut uh, cut Bill off, but when you were telling that story before uh, about um, you know how crazy that he that he drove, um, I was thinking about when you were the passenger in. Um, in, a, in an RMP when you were going to like an 85 or, or 13 and <laughs> you know, nobody knows what that feeling is like. It's one thing when you're driving, you know, and it, you don't even know the rate of speed that a lot of these crazy freaking cops were driving at lights and sirens, yeah. taking lights and you're sitting in the passenger seat of this thing. It's one thing if you're driving, but when you're sitting in the passenger seat, like oh, <laughs> you just like you, you get a heart attack just yeah. getting to the scene. And you know, depending on who like some drivers you trust, it could just be that one moment during the tour. Like most of the time, I if I want I would drive. And they'd be like, hey, you know, it's getting slow right now. You you want to take over a little bit? You know what I'm saying? And then you let them drive for a little bit. And that's when something happens. And now you're yep. with the worst driver in the whole command doing 90 miles an hour. Well, how 60. about when they made you start wearing seatbelts? I never could get I, comfortable I, I, with that. You can't wear a seatbelt. You know, you're always jumping out of the car. I couldn't put on yeah. a seatbelt. Yeah. How about doing 60, 70 miles an hour up a side street with double park cars? And you, you, you're, you're like this. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, what, like, that's what most people won't understand. You were basically yeah. on a roller coaster because you have no control. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody's been through um, the EVOC course. That's where we go to learn how to drive. And when you go there, the first thing that you see is this car that's been smashed, like, on every – like, it got hit by three other cars. Like, you know, officers died in that car. Yeah, and that's yeah. the first thing you see when you're in EVOC. And now you're the passenger in a car that's going, like, taking lights in New York City where, you know, cars come out of everywhere, yeah. doing 60 miles an hour down the side street. Any other passenger? <laughs> you know, at, at Fort Lauderdale, uh, they first asked you, you know, they're, they're, they said, what what car do you want? So I didn't want a new car. I got a nice old Crown Vic. I love that car. You know what I mean? Oh, you take the car home? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have take-home cars on here. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. What were the other uh, options? I'm sorry? I mean, I know you took the Crown Big. What was the other options? No, no. They had like, well, now I got a Toyota, but they had a lot of other nice cars. But so I they, wanted You've got like a Corvette, like Miami Vice? No, Corvette, no. No, the other, maybe there's some guys that might have that, but no, me, no, definitely not. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, I got the car because it's a buff car. I'm a buff, and I love that car, right? So one day, me and this girl I'm working with, uh, my friend Leanne, we get where where there's a car chase going off. I think it was coming up from Miami. They stole a, a a a white Mercedes. So I'm like, come on, let's go, let's go. So we we get on 95, just wait for the chase to come past us. And this Mercedes is like, boom, boom, boom. And you got these cars, these RPs that are like just as fast. So yeah. I try so hard to get into the chase, and everybody's passing me like I'm a turtle. <laughs> By the time I got there, it was just all wrapped up. I said, I gotta get a new car. I gotta get a new car. You know what? Your car was immaculate. I love the car. It was immaculate. It. it was so clean in there. It didn't have a milk crate behind the seat. I'll tell you. You know, that. you know, Carlo, those those uh crown Vicks or the four the Ford LTDs, they were the best for taking down perps with those there cars. They took a sidewalk. Yeah. Right. That's right, they could mount the sidewalk pretty easily too. <laughs> Half of it is the bluff, right? You get out of the car with the, the police-looking car. You got the suit. You got the tie. People look at you because I, I will wear a suit and tie. And I get out of the car and like, okay, some people think I'm the mayor. You know what I mean? Because they're like, oh, who's this guy? So it's all part of the it's all part of the bluff. You know what I mean? The shtick. Well, Carlo, uh, you're doing um, violent crime, Dennis. So what yeah. are you you're most investigating? Robberies. Okay, we have robberies, felony uh, assaults, going batteries down here. Um, you know, people point the gun at you or, or you call an aggravated assault, uh, pull a knife on you, some stuff like that. Yeah, we do. That when you, when you go around off duty, are you strapped? Oh yeah. I never leave. <laughs> so you yeah. don't feel that safety of being in Fort Lauderdale, right? No, 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 no. Fort Lauderdale is a safe city. Don't get me wrong. Fort Lauderdale is a really safe city. It's a great city. I, I refuse to be a victim period. If I was taking a train ride through heaven, I'd have a pistol in my pocket. <laughs> That's great, Mark. You want to do the? Uh, you want to do the uh, commercial? All right, yeah. Why I'll not? Put the, I'll put the banner up. There you go. Listen up, guys and gals. We are sponsored by the best hot sauce in the world. Silk City hot sauce is made in small batches with pure ingredients using locally grown peppers. And that is the foundation of every every bottle of Silk City hot sauce. There are several flavors from mild to wild. They got crazy labels, great artwork. Um, and if you want to get some Silk City hot sauce, and I've been using it uh, because I've been on this diet and I lost 12 pounds already, uh, the only satisfaction or taste that I have in my food in these days is Silk City hot sauce. I use the, uh, the Bobby Biggs Chipotle. That's the one I like the most. And also, I use the Mango Madness. But there's many more flavors. Please visit uh, SilkCityHotSauce.com, and you'll get a 15% discount if you put in the coupon code OTC. That is the coupon code OTC for Off the Cuff. Please visit SilkCityHotSauce.com. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We so how, what if we go, down, if, if we go down there from New York? How is it easy to uh, transfer your gun permit or just to get a gun permit no, down there? No, yeah, no, down here it's different. Down here, uh, 
getting carrying a gun is is easy. If you're not a convicted felon, you can you can go through the the process of applying for a gun permit and op, and eventually get that carry permit. So yeah, you know you know what's funny that you we forget this, but this is very 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 important. Okay, you have a great governor there. Yes, you know, you're going to be a police officer. You're in a state yeah. where you have a great governor that's going to back you. Yeah. It's not that many left in in this country where we have these these really good governors that back the police. Over here in New York, this guy's in a world of shit right now. Yes. So you know they're legalizing marijuana, whatever they can do to like change public sentiment. They just legalized it um, the other day, uh, which is, you know, I don't disagree with. I think you know, listen, it's going on. Why be the last guy in the boat? But um, we don't have a good governor here. It's yeah. not about they, they, he's the one responsible for signing that bill, uh, you know, into law about the diaphragm law and all these things. Um, also, the uh, the bail reform sure. who signed off on all of this. And that is why you see like, listen, every single one of these Asian attacks that I see in New York City have one thing in common. They're all being done by these people that are homeless. They're mentally um uh, insane, and they're out in the street. And listen, the last guy that just got locked up, and, and great work by the detectives that locked locked up this guy. I don't know. You're in Florida. If you see the video, it's um this lady's walking down the street. She's going to church, an Asian lady, and this guy's walking the other way. He just kicks her. Now you're a martial artist. He did a front kick, and it was it was beautiful. And he sent her flying, an old lady, and then he started stomping on her. Okay. And, um, you know, we're in this situation right now here where they're trying to change, like, your mind by saying, oh, you should be involved. Because the video that I saw and that was critiqued highly was because there was uh, somebody delivering packages and there was, they call it security. I think it was a residential building, though, because it was 32B, 32J. That's the union. So that's like a doorman there. And he goes and he closes the door. Now, first of all, in all fairness to those people, they're on they're on the west side of 43rd Street. And for those people that aren't from New York and that have seen this story, there are, pe- there are homeless people stopping each other every single day on 43rd Street on the west side. Yeah. You know, even pre-COVID, that's where it happens. That's the guy. He got collared. It was great police work. You know, they got him in a shelter. Been living in a hotel that serves as a homeless shelter near the scene of the attack. Police charged him with five counts, including felony assault and as a hate crime. He was seen on surveillance camera on Monday, kicking and stomping the 65-year-old woman very near Times Square. Shepard Smith here. Thanks for watching. Well, my point was this: is this, uh, you know, they 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 were really going after, uh, you know, the the two guys there that were watching. And listen, we're only as good as how we're going to react in a moment of crisis. Sure. But in all fairness, they're working on Forty Third Street, on the West Side, three sixty West Forty Third Street over there. We all know that there are homeless people stopping each other in front of that building on a daily basis. It ha- it could happen twice a day where you see two drug addicts fighting outside your building. It just happens. It's just another one of those things where you go close the door. In this situation, it happened to be 
an Asian woman, and right now the Asian people are under attack. Yeah. Um, and most of them, it's by these homeless people. They're, they're mentally, they, they would normally be somewhere else, detained. Either they're caught up in the system or somewhere. But now they're mm -hmm. out in the street because there's no place for them to go. Aaron Rodriguez, thank you so much for the $24.99 super chat. You're, you're the man. Thank you. Hello, Cheated No More, Stephen Revo Gates, Ray Ferrari. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Cat in the Hat, Janine Goodman, good win. I'm sorry. Cheated No More, Soldier Girl, Richella Pranzo and Pete Pranzo. You know the Pranzo, uh, Lieutenant Pranzo from Street Crime, right? Or was that before your time? That was before my time. MC's audio, L Lieutenant Pete was a 3-2 lieutenant. And he's got a book out called Harlem Raiders. Jay Hoops, uh, David Herbsman, Frank Burns, of course, Cat in the Hat, um, Eric Landau. <laughs> you know Eric, Sandra H. Yeah. Uh, Eric is one of the guys that I've been – see, one thing about Fort Lauderdale, one thing – the only thing I can say negative about Fort Lauderdale is this incessant calling – of the shield of badge. <laughs> I try so hard to, 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 to correct these people. And it's a fight to the death. They're coming along, but Eric is one of my biggest offenders. He's a great guy. I love Eric, but he's one of my biggest offenders with that. Yeah, you just have to tell them it's a square badge. That's a security guard. Yeah, say, but what do they say? They say uh, it's a Girl Scouts get badges. They don't listen. It's Cubs, like, no, like, Cub Scouts get badges. We have a shield. I tell them that. It's like pulling teeth with these people. It's uh -huh. You know what? The chief, the last chief, she came around. She sees me. She goes, no, it's a shield. I'm like, thank you, boss. Now, <laughs> they're coming along. But if I can get it done by the time I leave this job in 20, 2090, I'll be freaking good. Hey, let me ask you a question. You were... Um, when you when you got on the job there, you had to go to patrol first. Yeah, how was yeah. that like? Because you know you were running around here in New York City. You, you know you're moving up. You're getting a little bit away from patrol, and now you're back. Answering oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I was on in training, you know, and uh, you know, they, first of all, they they again again. They were all, you the only one? No, I'm I'm the only. There are a lot of New York City cops there. I'm the only retiree, but there's a lot of New York City cops there. And again, they 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 treat me good, you know. And um, so one of the guys I I work with, he's now he's in my office, and he was my FTO. They call it. So he's like, I'll tell you funny story. He's like, call up, come on, let's go watch the dogs. We'll go watch some training with the dogs. I'm like, yeah, okay. So we go out to where the dogs are training, and uh, it's the apprehension dogs. You know what they do. So you know they 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. So those are my favorite dogs, by the way. Amazing. It's a it's an art. It's an art like you wouldn't believe. So one of the guys like, hey, call I want to take a hit. And mean, you know, put the sleeve on my arm. And inside I'm screaming, no, I don't want to take a hit. But I just got there. So I can't look like a loser. I'm like, yeah, I'll take a hit. <laughs> and they stick the dog on my arm with the plastic. And I'll tell you what, man, I couldn't believe the strength of this dog. You know, how many times you see a dog, medium-sized dog, you're like, I'll throw that dog through the window. You're not throwing nothing through the window. Not throwing nobody through the window. Then the guy says to me, Oh, you want to try the thin sleeve? I'm like, No. <laughs> no, I don't. But I just got there. I don't want to think these guys think, you know, I said, Yeah, yeah, I'll take the sleeve. Dude, this dog bit my arm. And I was like so impressed with its strength. But it's like an art with these dudes. They're like an like it's an art. They're really good at what they do. But uh, yeah, so it took like listen, it took a lot of getting used to. Don't forget, I kind of went 
with an older mentality. And, you know, the guys are like, listen, this is how we do it here. And this is how we do it. Okay. You got it. No problem. You know what I mean? So it was yeah, good. Sometimes New York city cops, we have that swagger and like, we think we're the best in the world and you got to sort of adjust to a new police department. Well, right? Yeah. We have a way of dealing with, uh, we had a way of dealing with certain problems. Like one thing with being New York city cops, I think you'll agree. You know, we're a lot more in touch with the street than a lot of people. We're not, we may not be the most professional people, you know what I mean? But when we deal with somebody on the street, it was like almost to a certain extent, two street people saying, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got, we got along with people much, much better. But today they've made us robots. So, yeah. no, yeah, it was good. It was good. I had a good time. But still, jumping over fences, that's where they started rumors that I, one girl started, my friend Noah started a rumor I chased the purple fence. She says, oh, everybody heard you say Central. I'm in the Empire State Building on the <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. I never said that. You so, know, it was funny, Carlo. My my last week on the job, and I was, you know, I was in the squad. I was in Manhattan North Homicide Squad. I went back to the 2-3 where I had worked for years. Yeah. And I got two detectives that had previously done time in anti-crime, Charlie Freitag and Patty Porteous. Super yeah, stuff. and I said, let's take a ride out just for old time's sake. Because I had a, like a week left, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we're just driving around, not expecting anything to happen. And we hear a blood-curdling scream. This woman's screaming. So we go the wrong way uh, on the street, and we see this guy beating the shit out of this Mexican guy. He's robbing him, right? So Freitag gets out of the car, and Porteous and I stay in the car because the bird goes flying, running into the block. And both of us knew, don't get out of the car. That's the stupidest thing you can do. We raced 100 yards past the perp. Then we get out of the car. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah, perp yeah. runs right to us. And he's like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an old that crime street crime trick, right? I work with Patty in, 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 in Tessa. What a great – both of those guys, superstars, legends, Patty and, and Charlie, great dudes. But, but Patty can't get away from the job. I'll be on the phone with him. He says, I got to go. I'm going 63. <laughs> you know what it is. Like, are you still it? talking in codes? <laughs> well, you can't help it. Listen, there's a police and there is a police. You know what I mean? We just we can't help it. That's why guys do this job. My wife me. and I just had a 1052. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is not changing us. This is not changing. I'm going to go 98 if you guys don't mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, gotta sit in the corner. Yeah. So you guys, you guys got different codes down there, though, right? What What do you say for a meal down there? What is the code? Oh, uh, oh my God! People are laughing at me right now. Um, is meal a privilege? Uh, forty. Forty is a meal. Forty. You're gonna go forty. Oh, forty is a meal. Forty in New York is a beer. Uh, is a, a, a forty. Yeah. Yeah. You go to the bodega and grab a forty in a bag. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, is meal considered a privilege over there? No, they're, they're pretty good with it. Remember yeah. when they used to tell you that meal is oh, a, yeah, 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 a yeah, privilege? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when I was in precinct crime, I used to tell my guys. Do not go in the station house. You want to take a meal? You could have two hours, but take it out in the field. Don't yes, go into the station house. Yes, Richie. I tortured him. I never yeah. let him go to the station. It's a precinct in Eden. Because once you go to the station house, they use you like a little bitch, right? No, I was afraid I was going to miss something. Yeah, yeah. I had Richie Bree standing out there on 151 and, and, and Broadway on Christmas Eve. He's like, Carlo, stay in a van. We're not doing nothing. I said, dude, bro. You see those guys dealing drugs on the corner? You think I'm going to stay here in this car? Are you crazy? And I and poor Richie, he'll tell you. I have, I tortured that poor kid. 
You know, Bruce funny, Bruce. I mean, the, the more you talk, the more you bring up his name, and the more I see his picture, and I'm re I'm remembering right now. It's coming back to me. You know, because uh, that that was a really horrible time. I, I was I was working in warrants, and I loved warrants, man. I, yeah. It was everything that I wanted in the job. And then the um, what's his name? Uh, Carrick left. Yeah. And everybody they started breaking down warrants because Carrick built up warrants. And uh, they they send us all to squads, and there was uh, three waves. I made the first wave, um, and then you know it just became about hooks, yeah. like who had the strongest hook to stay. Yeah, and you know it's like a big. It really is like a wave or like a big tsunami wind coming, and the people that got like a really good hook, they could <laughs> they're gonna hold on to where they are, and yeah. everybody else is gonna get blown away. And I got blown. I got blown into the two four squad. You know, you got to buy suits now. Yeah, and uh, you know, you got to like. It was just. Um, I was in shock. I was because you know the lifestyle in warrants. It was completely different than the squad. We did our work early in the morning. Then we had what we wanted to eat. You take a nap. You go to the gym. It was a schedule. Yeah, and then once you get to the squad, it's not like that at all. You worked at Jimmy Zakari in warrants, right? I worked in Manhattan Warrants. With, with uh, Jimmy Zakari? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was, uh, he's, uh, is he still on? Yeah, he drives. He's, he's, a, he's a, a delegate, a, a big shot. He's, in the, yeah, he's not a big shot in the union. He's a delegate, but he drives uh, vans. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he yeah. had, I mean, I'm talking, if you ever wanted to see a politician move around, that guy was beautiful. Oh, oh yeah. Woo! Oh, stories about him. Yeah. If you oh, yeah. work a room, you got to see him. Oh, no, he's here. Yeah. Guard his hand? He's gifted. Yeah, oh, let me tell you, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I when I when I left street crime, I went to Bronx Narcotics, and uh, you know, I had an awesome, awesome time in street crime. I worked. Now, before I go any further, let me tell you something. Danny Nicholson threatened me about using his name, and I'm telling him <laughs> using his name, Danny Nicholson, Danny Nicholson, Danny Nicholson, <laughs> Danny Nicholson. You know, if you're familiar with the Nicholson family, his father was one of the highest, probably the most decorated. Uh, uh, boss in transit. Yeah, went to Metal Day eight years. So impressive. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 lineage is amazing. Anyway, so I had to get that out of the way. But I went to Bronx Narcotics, and I was there for about I was there about four years. And uh, remember that booklet they made you fill out? Are you familiar with that? They made you fill out a booklet before you went there. So you had to write all your all your all your debts down, right? Oh yeah, oh wow. like, uh, yeah, ten thousand. Yeah, I work in narcotics, but yeah, they, they know yeah. they know if you owed money, how much money yeah. you owed. Just yeah. if you would steal the yeah. drugs to catch yeah. up on your debt. Yeah. So four years into it, I got to do it again, and I said, I'm not doing it again. They, like, what do you mean? I'm not doing it. You want to know where I got the money for my Hyundai? But you're not going to the money for my Toyota to sell the six grand it cost. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing it. No. Oh, then just write refused. Well, you know somebody downtown. Look, you wrote refused, chief. You wrote refused. Next thing I know, they put me and this guy named Milton Lopez on the FOD. No overtime, no nothing. Then they're calling us downtown. Yeah, they want to know why we didn't sign it. Remember Jack Curran? You know yeah, Jack, yeah. good guy. He was down there at the time. So I get down there. He looks at me. He recognizes from the two O. He's like, "What are you doing here?" I said, "I'm not signing that booklet." Because what do you mean you're not signing up there in booklet and get the hell out of here? I'm like, okay, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, make something up. Okay, Lou. And I, you know what? A lot of it really doesn't make a fucking heap of a difference, does no. it? Really? You know what I'm saying? It, it, like, with the police, I remember they'd come into us into the squad 
And every once in a while, there'd be a word that we couldn't use on a five. And everybody would lose their freaking mind. What do you mean we can't use? <laughs> we can't start with TPO anymore. TPO. Yeah. Like, I'm like, dude, just adjust. Just use another word. Who gives a Imagine shit? they took the word behoove away. <laughs> oh, that was God. such a police word. It would it behoove up. you. Take my props for using the word aforementioned. Right, right. Aforementioned. That's right. And then, then how about if they took away the undersigned? Oh no, yeah. you can't oh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny too is that like because now you had all those books, but you had a book on the side, and it had all the um what do they call 57s or some shit like that? Yeah. And you you know, you had to you had to write one up for your particular case if it falled into a certain bracket. But you didn't know how to write this thing up, so you would just go to another one. An old one, and they had the book there of all the old ones, and he would just follow that thing, and he would just fill out the blank with the. Yeah. Name. I yeah. loved. I love some of transit. Transit would write in their reports. The perp fled to parts unknown. I was oh, like, I love that. I love that. I love parts I love unknown. Parts <laughs> unknown. I used yeah. to put that in mind. <laughs> well, that was a transit thing, though. I, I love that. It I'll ask one of the girls, that our secretary, who's a sweetheart. I'll say, hey, Lori, can you print wraps for me? And they're like, what? Print wraps for me? What do you mean, criminal history? Yes, yeah, criminal um, history. And, yeah. I, and, and it's just hilarious. You know what I mean? It just, it just, well, it's funny when you talk in cop language around people that aren't cops, and they're like, what did you just say? You know, it's like yeah. it's like a secret it's, language. It is, yeah. you know? It's down here, the terminology. That yeah, so we threw the perp on the bus and took him to the hospital. You know, like, it's you know. I, but that that kind of goes both. Sometimes they use the bus, sometimes they don't. But yeah, that's another one. The bus. Yeah. Forthwith. Who we forthwith? Forthwith. Right away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're great. Great bunch of people down here. Anyway. So um, how how was the culture down there as far as the job and you guys hang out with each other off duty or no? Uh, you know what? You know, I, I'm sure a lot of guys do hang out. You know the yeah, you know with the take home cars versus your own personal car years ago, or the the bar was always in stumbling distance from the precinct. But these days, like you know, I I don't really I'm kind of past that, and I'm happy. I'm There's no Murphy's triangles over there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, if there is, I don't know about it, and I'm happy I don't know about it. There's no. Three. Those for the, for our audience doesn't know uh, what herpes triangle is. That was a part. That was an area in the Bronx there where they were f on uh, four corners met, and there was three bars. The Riddlers, Riddlers, right? Was one of them, I think. Yeah, and if you wanted to get married, if you wanted to meet your future wife, you went there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Called thank the herpes triangle. Uh, I think I, I tell you what. Thankfully, I'm I'm really kind of past that, so I'm I'm lucky for that. The, the days. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you passed it. Um, what, what did I want to ask you? Fuck, man. Uh, what, what, like, what is your shift like over there? I do. Uh, well, I do eleven to sevens. I do eleven to sevens. Um, and I go in, do my stuff, whatever. I, I do my squad work, and I and I go home. What time do you make the call? It depends. These days, six forty-five. <laughs> I do eleven to sevens. Usually, the guys again. He's under at six forty-five. I I used to laugh. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> so now, in the squad, Porteous would be on the phone. 
come in at a quarter to four <laughs> on the day tour. You know, I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you. You know, the old days in narcotics when uh, somebody might tell the uh, the one of the callers, "Hey, tell me you got chest pains up by your sandwich." <laughs> I heard the legend. I don't know if anybody did that, but I think they got a bunch of with them in the hospital. Oh God! Out of last, man. Out of last. I tell you a funny story. You know, one thing I always, my whole career, I've always been a huge advocate for the working man, and I tell all the new guys all the time: take care of the working people. Take care of them. The jerks will line up. They will line up to get ticketed. They'll line up. Take care of the working person. But, you know, if I ever pulled over anybody other who was a veteran, if they weren't a Marine, I would never hurt them. But, you know, I had to give them a hard time. So I think that's <laughs> behind me. No, I, if I, I tell you how many listen, back in the day, you know, you got a nurse or you got a teacher. Yeah, I remember one time I got a guy, uh, he, he sold cars. He worked at uh, one of these dealerships on Queens Boulevard. Boxed. Yeah fucking box i parked the car in front of his house i put him to bed uh I, I you know i hid his keys for him yeah the next day you know he called me up he thanked me yeah and like a month later i was in a brand new nissan maxima oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, is that I, one of the jokes you tell is that one of your new I'm jokes kidding, for I'm kidding. It, was, it was an ultima but i really should have been in the centra <laughs> But my credit score was I should have been in the center. He got me up to the Ultima. <laughs> Carlo, how is the um, how is the the community down there? Are they pro, uh, pro police? Yeah, no, they're good. Yeah, they're all good. It hasn't the whole national wave hasn't moved down there no, too, right? No, no, they're, they're like down here. You got your like your city, uh, like your uh, your city commissioners. It's a little different down here the way they do things up. up, up I there. love that freaking guy, DeSantis man. I like him a lot. I mean, um, the, guy, the guy just already said no to those. Uh, what is it that uh, pa the vaccine passport? He was like, "Nah, that's not going to happen over here." Yeah, no, he, he's going to end up running for president. He's gonna yeah, yeah. I have a feeling if I had to do a prediction, because I know the Trump is uh, they're creating their own social media platform. Yeah, yeah. they're going to come out with that. They're going to steal Twitter. Is it's you know nobody? He's going to be non-existent. No, that are exchanging information, but nobody else. That's it. They're going to be yeah. fighting amongst themselves, the five of them. You know what's funny? Um, I, have, I have people that I know because I supported Trump. People I know for 30 years calling me a white supremacist, a proud boy, and a neo-Nazi. And I said, you know what? Some of the best white supremacists I know are black and Hispanic that I work with who support Trump. You know what I mean? It's just an easy way to uh, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, say their point of the argument. It's it's dismissive. It's not giving it much thought. It's not, you know, there's no conversation anymore. But my point was that, um, you know, the smart move would be to, you know, prep him up. I, I don't even know. Uh, Trump running again, you know, it's he, he'd be better off just run, running the RNC. And that that would be his his uh, his dude. Now we build him up on my platform, and that's what I think is going to happen. Remember that you heard it here, folks. I yeah. think he'd be the president of campus. I would. I would support him. Yeah. Oh, listen, because listen, all the moves right now, and he he's blessed in a way because uh, unfortunately, you know, Texas and on the border there, if they get a spike because of the corona, 
that spike could very easily be because uh, these these people that are uh, they're letting into the country right now they're not even being tested. Yeah. Now, if yeah. you get a spike in Texas where you just opened it up wide open, you know those numbers. <laughs> For some reason, you know, the, the, you know, you're going to be responsible if they start filling up the hospitals. It's it's going to fall on you. Yeah. So right. he's another uh, a great governor over there too. Yeah. Yeah. But they're trying to fix him too by, uh, you know, because those people they come in and now the, the bordering towns. What are they going to do with them? You know, but Mark, they can do the same thing that the Democrats did. They they in reverse. The Democrats didn't want to follow a law. They made sanctuary cities. You know. Yeah, well, there was another town today, another state today. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, just banned sanctuary cities. Good, but also the Republicans can refuse to follow certain federal laws that they're trying to mandate now, just the way the Democrats did. But you'll hear the Democrats crying. Well, know? funny thing with that with that agency that uh, what is that? Well, I don't even know who who gets. Is it DHS or who's Homeland Security? Whoever goes after the illegal aliens now, it's going to be like basically state by state. Because if you have one state that says we we do not have any sanctuary cities in this in this state, now you're going to use that federal agency to get rid of or prosecute or whatever it is that they do with the illegal aliens, and then you're going to have states that they're sanctuary states, and that's where they're going to live. So it's it's this we're living in two different countries basically. It's really scary. Is it's really scary when you think about what's going on and and what's coming. It really, you know, I don't think enough people take it seriously. I really, really don't. You know what I mean? Because as long as it doesn't bother, as long as it doesn't affect you personally, you keep your head buried in the sand. As long as it doesn't bother me, I have nothing to do with it. Then it's okay. But once it knocks on your door and involves you personally, now all of a sudden people are like, well, what happened? It's going to affect everyone personally, especially uh, taxes. Because you notice all of a sudden you're rich now if you make over 200000 you know? Yeah. At yeah. first, they said over four hundred individual. Now it's two hundred thousand. Yeah. So they're gonna. They get, I always said, when they say they're gonna tax the rich, they really mean the middle class. That's what they really it always mean. Is, that's the way it always is. Anyway, though, it's just unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, it's a fun take down twenty one two thousand. Just did another uh, twenty four ninety nine super wow. chat. Thank you so much. Wow. That's one of the guys I work with. That's Eric Perez. And he does the recruiting here at Fort Lauderdale. He's awesome. And if anybody's listening in New York City cop, come down here. Leave. What's the oldest recruit you ever got? Because I'm 53. I think Peter Pranzo wants to come on the job. He's 75. <laughs> we had a guy here. Well, he's my age, I should say. But uh, hey, you can come down here and get high, bro. I'm telling you, you would love it down here. Hey, is that James Cohn that was the CEO of Aviation? He was yes, yeah, Jimmy Cohn. Oh, you want to talk James about Cohn? I want to I'll invite you on the show. Let me know. Just yeah. text right now if you want to come on the show. I'll give you whatever date you want. Yeah, hey, that'd be, that'd be you want to know about aviation? A shout out to Jimmy. Jimmy Cohn was in. Jimmy Cohn was in the army. Right, he was a he's a major in the army. Legit superstar cop and street crime. Legit. Everybody was great there. But uh, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. With the helmet I said to say before, just so the Navy guys listening, I had that helmet in the back of the RMP. And I pulled over a car, a guy ran through the red light, and I and I said, Hey, let me see your license. And he goes, he shows me his wallet. I go, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I saw the green ID card. Oh, no, no, what's that? It's Navy. He said, Bring it back. I run back to the RMP, take my hat off, put my helmet on. I walk over to the front of the window. I go, Let me tell you something, you fucking squid. 
You tell me. <laughs> Navy sucks and the Marine Corps is the best, and I'll give you a ticket for going through that red light. He goes, Navy sucks, Marine Corps is the best. But to Jimmy, <laughs> to Jimmy's credit, I tried it on an Army guy, and the Army guy wouldn't do it. So there you go. <laughs> you know, I used to work with this guy in, in Manhattan North Homicide, Tommy Clark, and he was a Marine. I know Tommy Clark. Whenever he saw another Marine on the street, there would be like four lanes of traffic. He'd go, you know, the guy oh, yeah. would look. Oh, yeah. 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 It was almost like the little rascals giving yeah. them, you know. <laughs> the Marine Corps him on the RMP uh, horn, you know, on the, on the, on the thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're still obnoxious, but we deserve to be. Hey, yeah. It's great, man. We had Joe Lisi, Joe Lisi, the captain on our job, who's a Marine. He's, he's the most successful actor in NYPD history. The guy's probably done a hundred TV shows and films, and we had him on the show. And he's a Marine too. Very yeah. proud Marine. Oh no, we all, are. we all. Marine. We have to do. Hoorah. He yeah. thought I was a marine. I said, "No, I just learned how to do that." Yeah. And, uh, speaking of uh, entertainment, I'm up for two films right now. I'm working yeah. on. I'm working on two parts in different films, but I'm also t I'm recording my album, my comedy yeah. album. Bill, do you have? Uh, I don't. You know, I didn't put it on. Well, I'd love to see I'm it. Sure I don't have it, Mark. Sorry. Oh, I should have had, had it loaded. Well, anyway, I mean, I've been posting it up on social media. I'm recording an album. It, on April 25th, it's a Sunday. We're doing two shows, 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. at the New York Comedy Club on 4th Street. The album that I'm recording is for 800 Pound Gorilla. Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to take my jokes and the, uh, and you're going to be able to buy the album anywhere on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify. But also, they break up your jokes and they put it on Sirius. So if you have Sirius in your car, you'll be able to hear... Uh, a lot of the, the the albums called the bangers all these great jokes that uh that i've been doing through the years we're going to put them on one album and uh that that's a recording um and i'm hoping that if you uh if you go on to newyorkcomedyclub.com you'll get tickets for ten dollars it's 25 dollars at the door but get a couple of tickets come down 7 p.m 9 30 new york comedy club on fourth street newyorkcomedyclub.com april 25th sunday and uh, it's going to be a great time. Matthew Kassler, thank you so much for the four ninety nine super chat. Lieutenant Peter Pranzo, 75 years old. He wants to come down to Fort Lauderdale and start come a down. street crime unit down there. Come down. Let's do it. Come on down. I tell you, the more people that call to the shield, the better that place will be. Come on and down. He could he he get some of his old Harlem Raider cops, too, to come down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, leave, leave the slapper up in New York right now. Ryan <laughs> Investigative Group, uh, the crisis at the border, a real super spreader event. He gave a $5 super chat. Thank you, my... Thank you, Bill Ryan. Bill uh, Ryan. Tim Acosta, thank you so much for the $10 Super Chat. You guys are spoiling us here, but thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, Tim Acosta says, can't wait. The album, Mark. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm very, very excited. It's going to be uh, – we're going to do half and half. We're doing 50 minutes, so we're going to do some for you and some for me. And uh, for me, it's going to be the cop jokes, the classics. Um, it's going to be uh, an opportunity for me to put all the jokes that I've been doing all this time and one album, and then we'll do another one eight months after that, and uh, we'll catch up. Awesome! I'll be sure to get it for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's it, listen, you know, it's it's fun. I've been I've been working on it. It's uh, it's all all the bangers. I'll tell you what. Can I tell you something? It takes big balls to get up in front of a 
a room full of people and do a comedy act. Big yeah, you got to be insane. You really yeah, oh, you have. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm doing cold showers, right? I've been doing, today's day 28. I did a 30 month challenge. I'm never quitting. I'm doing this bent, uh, Wim Hof method. I started getting into yoga now. I dropped 12 pounds. But the thing is, is like to walk into a freezing cold shower. There's nothing like it. Like I just put it as cold as it can go. And then I do my breathing techniques. Uh, I did eight minutes today. I want to get up to 10. But that's what stand-up is like. It's reason, my brain is triggered like that. Bill is the same way. Oh. Bill is also a stand-up comedian. And let me tell you something about Bill. Bill is, uh, you know, there's a reason why he was a homicide, Manhattan North homicide sergeant, because he's got that. <laughs> like, I can't even, I, like, I'm crazy. Like, I love stand-up and I love the cold showers. But Bill gets these phenomenal guests. He also has his own show. Um, that he does, and he's doing really great things. He's got a thing coming up with Tommy Dades and Mazza, and uh, I can't even imagine. I got to listen to that show myself. Yeah. But um, he's doing phenomenal things on the Patreon. For those of uh, you who are out there, we just had a new Patreon s a subscriber tonight, Bill. Um, he signed on for nine dollars. He went for the uh, that one is the bucket. If I yeah. <laughs> no, that's the uh, polish my rack. Oh, we, he, have, we have three uh, tiers on our Patreon. We actually have like 55 people pay a monthly fee to watch our material. Yeah, his name is uh, Jim Cohen. Awesome. Jim oh, he's, he, he was, uh, he's the aviation inspector. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, on the screen is if you want to sign up for our Patreon, there's the link. $7 a month, you're the bucket. Uh, $9 a month, you get to polish my rack, and I actually have a picture of my rack up there. And for $11 a month, you get to dip them in butter. Whatever you want to dip in butter, you get to do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're having so much fun doing this show, and yeah. I, I know I say this ad nauseum, but one of the greatest things about doing this show is the amazing people we get to meet and talk to, you know? Yeah. And Mark agrees with it. To say It's um, unbelievable. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's in a, you know, I tell you, man, it, so many people I've met doing this. The other day I was getting my first COVID shot, uh, my vaccine, and I was looking for parking. And I, I used, the, uh, because I have uh, some 9-11 things, right? But they're nothing like serious. You know, I got GERD and sleep apnea. You know, and I took yeah. my, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just give me the money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, I asked the, uh, the, the two cops there. Where can I park? And they looked in the car and they go, uh, oh, police off the cuff, right? Look, look. And then he tells the sergeant, look, that's police off the cuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> Okay, so what did they tell you? Did you park there? No problem? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh, I walked okay. in. Right. You get a lot. There's a lot of people that, um, you know, everybody's watching the show. Everybody's tuning in. It's, right. an, it's an amazing feeling to, uh, you know, <laughs> to be recognized, you know what I'm saying, by by your peers like that. It's good. Yeah. Well, Carlo, it's, it, he's right, and it's amazing, like, even, like, on LinkedIn, chiefs on this job contact me and say, I just want you to know I love your show. And, yeah. like, they, they may not want to be outed, you know, publicly yeah. saying yeah. it, yeah. but they, there's a lot of people listening in, in, in one PP, you know. <laughs> well, listen, if there's any chiefs out there, anybody who's running for mayor in New York City or anybody who's running for anything, whatever, Listen, you know we handle you with kid gloves. We're not investigative reporters here, for crying out loud. We're here to have a good time. We have a long-format uh, interview-style show here. You get to say your piece, and it's nothing but love. So uh, come join us.
I saw uh, I saw when you guys interviewed Anamon. Let me tell you something. Now that guy, he's the best. You know, there's a guy on here now. His name is MC's Audio, and he's like 21 years old. He's a great little broadcaster. He's interviewing Anamon this week. I wish Anamon became the mayor of New York. He's great, Anamon. Yeah. 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 Something I love that guy. I had the honor, honor of meeting him a couple of times, and that guy was the real deal. And I wish he would become the mayor. You watch out. Were you in, were you in the task force when he was in charge of the task force? I was. I was um, in the Queens task force when he took over um, special. When he was chief of patrol, you mean? He, well, yeah, yeah, but he 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 was, uh, he was responsible for. Um, the task force and our responses, and we were doing lines and wedges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, hey, yeah. Listen, yeah. it seems stupid at the time, and we used to goof around in it, but you show up at, at, a, at a, a situation where there's a bunch of freaking yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people, and all of a sudden, you're in formation. You're not a, a big freaking mess out there, and you start moving around, like a unit. They get yeah. freaking scared. Is yeah, water thrown over his head. The first thing I thought of was Adam Owen. Yeah, a lot Adam, of people say that you'd be dead. You know, he's, we had him on the show, and Bill asked him that question. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, something I know you were in street crime when uh, Kevin Gillespie was. Killed. I was there. Yeah, you want to laugh? And he said the most touching thing about that that night. We were almost in tears on the show. I'll tell you, I was. I was hanging out with Kevin two hours before he was killed. We were sitting every time he was saw me, he was in a Marine Corps too. So whenever he saw me, he go, oh, like that's what Marine Corps. Yeah. So we're sitting out there bullshitting outside the base. And he, we, we both had court the next morning. I said, okay, when I get in, I'll wake you up. I'll go to court at breakfast. I'm going to go to court in the Bronx. So that night he gets killed. And, uh, you know, we I, when I found out he got killed, I called Danny Nicholson, Tommy Fitz, Danny Alvarado. We went flying in. Um, you know, what was done, we'll talk about it off the air sometime, but, you know, with, with the steps that were ton, taken to find the, the killers, or the kill, one guy got away, itchy, but I'll tell you about that another time. But, uh, yeah, and I remember, talking about sad, I remember sometime after that, when we were all in the base, and we're all sitting there, Kevin's hat is on a table with some flowers. It was like, it was almost staged, but it wasn't. The, the wife and the two little kids, they're grown now come into the base, the little guy walks over to the hat and he says, is that my daddy's hat? And he put it on his head down to here. And if that didn't make everyone cry, nothing ever would. It was the saddest thing you ever saw. We did right by Kevin that night. I will tell you that right now. Yeah. We did right by Kevin that night looking for his killers. We really did. Hey, yeah. uh, Richard Bryce says, uh, Bree says, uh, Bill, ask Carlo. Here we go. About the time he was stepping out of the police van in uniform in the snow and he fell and people started laughing and he jumped back up in the van and we had to race away. That's why he hates the snow and moved to Florida. <laughs> well, we were in a 3-4 and I did. I did the slipper landed on my back and I heard somebody down the block. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Listen, that was a disc on collar. But we didn't know where it came from. So he's right. No, Richie was a ball break. Yeah, Rich, you got me. That's great, man. That's great. You know, it's funny when when you you're on the police department or police service, and the years go by. In essence, you've been on thirty years, twenty with yeah. the NYPD. You have stories and you have memories that go back thirty years, thirty five years. 
Yeah. I just called up one of my anti-crime cops from the 2-4 today, uh, Joey Cintron, who was also on the PBA boxing team. Yeah. What a great guy. you know. And, and I said, Joey, remember when a uh, certain female anti-crime uh, cop in our unit would say, Joey, don't let them see you, Joey. Joey, don't let them. <laughs> right away. He said, yes, yes, that was great. <laughs> I've got a story for everything. And I tell the guy, yeah. I don't want to live with a bullshit artist. So I don't have it. But I tell you have such memories and such laughs, you know. Yeah, I tell you what, one time we were sitting there, we were in Warrants. We were on 98th Street and 3rd Avenue, Manhattan Warrants. And we had a PAA there. And uh, something happened when she lost her tooth, her front tooth. <laughs> you know, nobody said nothing for like the first week, two weeks. Now we're going on a month. We're all sitting there, and I just said, you know, you know the way you sit around your desk, and you know she's there, and we're all laughing. At I said, Letty, uh, what's up with your tooth, man? <laughs> Everybody, I'm, I'm like, no, seriously. I'm like, are you ever gonna get it back? Are you gonna try and get a new? Like the whole place, oh, we were crying, laughing. For t and then all she kept saying was, no, you didn't. Oh, my God, no, you didn't. Oh, my God, no, you didn't. I'm like, no, really? I'm just, listen, no, are you going to do She goes, because they had a different plan. <laughs> she couldn't get she couldn't get her tooth back on the plan. The PAAs have a different plan. But, <laughs> oh, man, we were crying for tw everybody, even her, she was dying. But those are the days, you know, those are the days when we nobody was offended. You had race jokes going from all sides. You had nothing was taboo, nothing, male, female, white, but we're such a family. Nobody took anything personal. You know what destroyed the police department, Carlo, when they took away the nine squad chart? I heard that everybody Steady tours that. destroyed the police department. Everybody says that. It really did. Because yeah. it was three different police departments. Where yeah, they knew what they were doing now. Yeah. They yeah, used to all that. work together. Everyone knew each other. With yeah. the three tours, no one knew each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Anyway, we're at 813, man. We got to wrap it up. What do we got to uh, close out with, Bill? Uh, we got some amazing shows coming up. Dave Siev, uh, a retired lieutenant from Brooklyn. He yeah, ran, excited. He, uh, he he he's very involved with the boxing, isn't he? Yeah, uh, New York City cops and boxing. He's big. He he used to um, when cops had a beef, he would schedule the smokers. Yeah, I know. He used I to know. Have cops I, I, fight I, I, in the ring. He's all over YouTube. Um, he's all over the NYPD's. Uh, I I know I, I know I know I don't know if I met him per uh, in person, but I I, I know his face because I always see him with the smokers. He's I a great guy. I, you know, people kept telling me like even a year ago, oh, you should get Dave Siev, you know, and I didn't yeah, really know him. You know, I saw him like on a boxing on announcer. I saw him on YouTube. He's an Asian dude, I think. He uh, I I saw him hit uh, a focus pad. And he uh, I wouldn't want to get caught by him. I'll tell you right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you, don't I, want to get, you don't want to get hit by Joe Murray either. He broke a <laughs> yeah. you know, I try. I, I try. You know, the funny thing is I tried boxing too. Like, uh, you know, and I did that for like six months. And you mentioned the focus pad. And you're supposed to hit the focus pad. But in turn, the, the trainer would always hit me in the head. And he would go, you got to focus. One of my buddies was a uh, – was, uh, a New Mexico State champion. So I had a couple fights. We did it every day. I loved it. Good times. Good times. Uh -huh. Great. Yeah. I just want to plug one thing. This Tuesday, I have a two amazing guests. Tommy Dades, who was a retired first grade detective. 
he uh, is credited with one of the pe- persons that put away the mafia cops, Luis Ippolito and Stephen Caracappa. He had that major case. And he's also an expert on the mafia. With him on the show is Larry Mazza, who's actually a was a hit guy for the uh, Colombo crime family. But they grew up together in the same neighborhood. And it's sort of uh, a comparison. They grew up in the same neighborhood. It's one a became a cop. One became a wise guy, you know. So it's going to be a hell of an interesting show. Tuesday night, uh, for April 6th at 8 p.m. on YouTube Live. Any last words, Mark? Uh, no, thank you guys for tuning in. Everybody who got involved with the Super Chat, we really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and for, to our guest, uh, this is phenomenal, Carlo. Uh, we wish you to be careful out there. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, listen, that thong task force must be dangerous. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, my, 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 my Fort Lauderdale Speedo is coming. I know. I'm just waiting. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. They're gonna I'm do gonna, that. I'm gonna forward my, uh, you know, my, give you, give my mom your information. I want. I'm gonna reach yeah. out to you, and it's uh, this way. If they have a problem, and she can call you every day. Any time. Anytime she wants. She needs me. Promise you. She's 73 years old. The people litter. I'm gonna have her call you instead of, of calling me. Well, take care. She cooks. <laughs> I'll eat that. You got it. Give Sandra it H just posted. We lost DPS trooper Chad Walker, and our governor asked all law enforcement and squads to pull over and turn on red and blue lights for one minute, one p.m. today. Well, we hope he rests in peace. Sad. With that said, thank you everyone for listening. We're, we're, Mark DeMayo, Bill Cannon, police off the cuff after hours. And this is Carlo Fognoli from the Fort Lauderdale Police Department by way of the NYPD and the Marine Corps. Be safe, fellas. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.